Well, praise God, and welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. We are a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, beacon of light broadcast, a non-denominational ministry serving the Lord Jesus Christ, both the Gospel of Faith Church as well as Spiritual Awareness Broadcast Studio. Just a short announcement, I have returned to the pulpit at Gospel of Faith Church. I will be preaching uh, every other Sunday over there for a while. Need to get this, the Holy Spirit back into Gospel of Faith Church. We are uh, right now broadcasting from the uh, Spiritual Awareness uh, studio, a broadcasting studio over in Fort Mojave, Arizona, where today it's going to be a nice and cool 113 degrees. Praise Jesus. We are a worldwide prayer ministry. Hello, I'm Pastor Davenport, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. You know, I've said this speech enough where I think everybody uh, has learned it by heart. Twice every week, I'll be presenting a new and exciting message from God's Word on faith and love and hope and grace of Almighty God. And we will be, we'll, we'll be exploring the true meaning of, of, of spiritual awareness for today's churches. And what God means when, you know, he gave me this vision and he said, I have a new awakening coming to today's Christians in the near future. And you know what? I believe, praise God, I believe that that new awakening is coming to America today. Have you seen what's going on in the streets of America? I believe it is time for Christians everywhere to hear, hit their knees and begin to pray for that awakening that is coming to the, to the churches and to Christians everywhere in America today. I'm telling you, it's coming, church. I wonder, you know, maybe we need to take a pause in America today. Maybe we need to get back into the churches. Everybody say, well, everything else is opening up, but they're not opening up the church. I believe it's time, pastors, to open up the churches so the people of God can get back and start worshiping again. Don't you say, say amen. Say amen, pastors. Parishioners, it's time to get back into our churches. It's time that this country was founded on God, and it's time that God's people got back to worshiping God. Can you say amen? Now, before I begin to get carried away into the anointing of the Spirit, I wonder, can we just take a moment before we begin? And can we take, take a moment and let the troubles of this week, we've been watching so much TV, so much rioting in the streets, so much looting. Can we take a moment to just let the meditate on the moment? Let's just take a, a deep breath and let the Holy Spirit of God minister and quiet our souls. Breathing in the love and the peace that the Heavenly Father has for us, quieting our spirit and preparing us for the Holy Word of this day. Glory to God. Let us pray. Father, in the name above all names, in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, we come before you today asking you to be present for this broadcast as it goes out worldwide, spreading the good news of the, of the salvation of the lost, that the, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, will offer these last days. We know, Father, that it is each person's personal decision to come of their own free will. And we ask, Father, that thousands of 
prayer warriors and, and prayer partners that every day are praying around the world are praying together for the lost to accept Jesus Christ and to be baptized for the remission of their sins. And we ask that you would bless their efforts like you did in that upper room in the book of Acts so many, many, many years ago. And Lord, I would ask that you would give this world another Pentecost. Lord God, release it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it loose, Father, as it was that 3,000, no, 100,000 may accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then double that number every month in the name of Jesus until he comes again. Hallelujah. Let the salvation of the lost that they would find Jesus as their Lord and Savior once again. And I ask, Lord, that you would bless this broadcast and bless Gospel of Faith Church, that they would truly would become that beacon of light that they used to be and shine brightly so many would come to know the salvation that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. That, they, that we would pray in the name above other, no other name, in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah, 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 in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, and amen. Well, we praise the Lord today. It's Father's Day, June 24th. It's Father's Day, praise God. I need to say this. I was asked this over when I preached last Sunday. Uh, I was asked this. You know, someone asked me why I wanted to take away from the church. I want to clarify that with this statement today before we begin today's study. I did not, I repeat, I did not begin this broadcast to take away from any church, let alone Gospel of Faith Church. As per the vision of God, on the contrary, I have come to add to the churches as per my instruction from God. Through this worldwide spiritual awareness broadcast sermons, we as prayer partners and prayer warriors will be praying for the salvation of the lost souls of this world every day at our 11 o'clock prayer time, along with now 67 uh, other churches, and I hope many, many other churches. God will be bringing those lost souls to this broadcast all around the world. And believe me, every time we check on, on our website, there are other countries adding to uh, our, our, our Spotify and, and, and Apple and all the other places that pick us up. And as God brings the lost to the broadcast all around the world, Jesus will be getting them saved through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And together, say together, and together we will be sending them to a good Bible-believing church in their area to be baptized for the remission of their sins. So you see, we will be working in conjunction with all other churches, hallelujah. Could you give God praise and glory? Everyone, everyone around the world is saying amen right now. Saying amen, praise God. Praise God, hallelujah. It's Father's Day. I wanna wish everyone who's a father today uh, a glorious day and, and, and it, you know, it, it brings us back to a time when our lives, when we remember someone who maybe treated you as a son or, or uh, maybe uh, maybe you did have a good father or, 
or maybe not, or, or, or possibly there was someone in your life that treated you that way, or, or perhaps you're a father today and, and you're celebrating that uh, with your son or your daughter. But today we set aside to honor our fathers or the fathers of this country. And I found a story I wanted to read that touched me kind of uh, in my heart. Uh, it happened in 1988 in, in Armenia to a little boy on Father's Day. And I, I wanted to try to just get this in. It's called Unconditional Love. A small boy's definition of Father's Day, it just, you know, it's just like Mother's Day, only you depend, uh, you don't spend so much money, they, this kid said. On December 7th, uh, back, uh, this came out, but it was done on, it was done on Father's Day in 1988. An earthquake devastated a northwestern section of Armenia, killing an estimated 25,000 people. But in one small town directly after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school only to find that the school had been flattened and, and there was absolutely no sign of life anywhere. But he had no thought of turning back. He had often told his son, he told his son, no matter what, I'll always be there for you when you need me. And he told his son that over and over and over again. Though the possibility of anyone surviving this devastating earthquake appeared hopeless, he began feverishly removing rubble from where he believed his son's classroom had been. Other saddened parents only cried out hopelessly, my son, my son, my daughter, my daughter. Some told the father to go home, that there was absolutely no chance that any of the pupils could be alive. To which this loving father said, I made my son a promise that I'd be there for him. Anytime he needed me, I must continue to dig. I must. I told him I would be there for him. Courageously, he proceeded alone. No one volunteered to help him. He simply had to know for himself, is my boy alive or is my boy dead? With strength and endurance beyond himself and faithful, loving father continued to dig for eight hours, for 12 hours, for 24 hours, for the 36 hours. People telling me, it's no use. He's gone. Stop. Then in the 38th hour, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard a voices from a tiny hole under his feet. Armand? Armand? He screamed. And a, choice, a, choice, a child's voice responded, Dad, it's me. I told the other kids not to worry. I told them that if you were alive, you'd save me. And when you saved me, they'd be saved. You promised you would always be there for me, the man's son. And 13 other children were saved that day because a father's love would not give up, even when the situation was hopeless. So what should we be seeking God for? Our Heavenly Father is a provider. In Luke chapter 11, verse 10 through 13, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father. Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks fish, will he, will he for a fish give a serpent? Or if he shall ask of an egg, will you be offer him a scorpion? Luke eleven thirteen. If ye then be evil, know how to give good gifts unto the children. How much more shall the heavenly Father give a Holy Spirit unto them that ask of it? A father sometimes tell their children no at times. Why? Simply because we think it is necessary that at time, because it may be the best thing for them at that time. Well, God sometimes says no to us. And we don't understand at the time 
We get mad just like our children do. They don't understand why you say no, and they get their feelings hurt because we always want it our way, don't we? Most of the times our parents know what is best for their children, but God always knows what is best for his. That's the story of this little boy. I go back in my time. Our, Our family were ranchers, but they also had a farm to feed the animals. In Matthew 13, verse 3, it says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. When I was growing up, generally at least one Saturday a month, sometimes every third Saturday, sometimes all summer long, my mother would load my brother and I and would travel over to Wickenburg. That's where the, that's where the uh, family ranch was. In those days, it was on the outskirts of Phoenix. And my mother would work with my grandmother all day long. And they would make her a new dress and to wear to church. While they were sewing, my brother and I <laughs> were left to our own devices. At that time, I was very young. And my granddaddy, who owned the ranch at that time, generally had ability to make Even the dullest things seem exciting. And usually at that point during the day, we would load up his old Ford Falcon and head off down the road to to the ranch, the P-Bar-K. My uncle and my dad were twin brothers. And together, the the whole clan owned the ranch. He had a huge ranch, which is known now as the Rancho Caballeros Dude Ranch, but that time it was a working ranch. And it was more than just a a, a all-around cattle ranch. It was his life for the family. It was their livelihood. He had all sorts of crops, ranged from alfalfa uh, to hay to vegetables, and who knows what else. But our job then during the summer was to feed the the cattle, the pigs, the wild horses, the racehorses. They raised racehorses. I always got to see them. And when we drove them down to Phoenix for the roundup, he also had a, 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 this huge silo loaded with corn. And my granddaddy would always visit there and take us kids a small bucket of corn out to, and we had to go feed the hogs. I wasn't impressed. He had a fish pond and we would take these uh, this feed down to the catfish. Um, reminded me of dog food. Uh, we kind of learned how to take a can of dog food, ice pick it, and it made really good fishing. Uh, that was kind of sort of neat feeding catfish with dog food. I'm sure that it wasn't dog food. Of course, you couldn't really later on in life explain to a a forestry person or I mean a fish and game person that you were kind of feeding the catfish dog food. (laughs) We would go out and and, and, uh, to the barn and play on the tractors and that was parked out there. And I could imagine as a kid that I would plow thousands of acres without ever going anywhere. Now this ranch was a real Arizona cattle ranch. It wasn't one of these dude ranches that you see nowadays, but it is now to this day. The P-Bar-K is now, like I said, a dude ranch. My aunt would always make sure that before we left, we had a brand new hat uh, to take home with us. And it would either be a, a baseball cap with a Ford tractor hat or a cowboy hat with some kind of fertilizer logo on it. My cousin Danae was always there. Uh, She was always in some kind of a horse parade there in Wickerburg or rodeo riding every time that we were there. Over the years and every Christmas, my aunt and uncle made sure that we had 
an abundance of, of fancy little tra metal tractors that they got with some guy trying to sell them seed. And we would play those things. And now looking back, in retrospect, I wish I would have had some of those tractors. They'd probably be worth a lot of money as a collector item now. There are a lot of things that you can learn from life just by visiting a ranch. When I go back in my mind now, memory lane, to my to to visiting my, my grandparents and, and my aunt and uncle, those are some of the th best memories that I have as, as a kid. So today, directed towards fathers and, and men on, on Father's Day, I want to speak to you about some spiritual things from the eyes of a rancher. Our text simply informs us that sowers went to forth to, see, to sow seed, and he had a job to do, and that was to gain a crop from the field. And I want to preach on Father's Day about the lessons from that field, because that's what I remember as a child. Ranching, breaking horses, taking the cattle to market, but the, resp the responsibility of having to, to replant, to grow alfalfa, to, to be that, that person on that ranch. And we'll have to do with, with how we till the ground is to take out and plow it. Let that, that biting and that cutting in the edge of the plow and turn the soil over. This soil may have lain unattended for, for a single season or, or for a decade, but just the same, that rancher has to bring the land under his subjection. And we must plow until the field has been entirely covered. We cannot work a little here and a little there and spend two weeks or two months trying to open a field up. No, we must work until we see it completed. So I'll go ahead and tell you now, you're going to get weary plowing. You're going to be weary working it. Dust will fill your eyes. Noise will fill your ears. Sweat is going to run down your face and drip into your clothes. Blisters are going to hurt your hands. Plows are going to get broken and you will have to repair them. Your bones are going to ache and with fatigue. You'll find certain weariness and stays with you several days. You'll find frustration and mechanical failure of your equipment. I know we used to go out. Bob and I used to go out and build fence, 40 acres, 80 acres. One section we did at one time. You know, you got to pound, pound, you got to pound the fence post, string the wire. It's hard work. This is all a part of what it comes when you're plowing a field or you're stretching wire to, to, put, to fence in 40 acres. There's a certain amount of perseverance that, that's going to be uh, required of you as, as, as a husband or a dad or a brother or a son. If you're going to find a harvest in your family or in your marriage or in your home, Galatians chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. For he that soweth to this flesh shall flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap like everlasting. And let us not be weary. I love Galatians 6 and verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season ye shall reap if we faint not. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Say steadfast. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for inasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, this means a lot up here in Juniper Woods, where the church is. Your marriage is going to take some plowing. Your children is going to need some cultivating. Your mind and your attitude will need to feel the bite of the bit. And your home will need to have a seed planted and irrigated and nurtured. Hallelujah. 
There will be some pain involved in planning process of your life. Character, character, listen, character is forged in the fire of contention and difficulty. It's not easy forming a family, no matter what kind of family that is. I know I've adopted people all my life. My entire family has never been blood because I believe that blood is not made, you know, a, a family is not made by blood. It's made by love. Amen. All of us know what that means. That means that we go and we have we have non-family members that come in, but when we love them, they are family. Amen. The farmer will find that four ty types of ground will be present in his field. There will be good ground, the wayside, the thorny ground, and the stony ground. Yet the work and time, all of the th of three of the wayward soils can be turned into good ground. Hallelujah. Now the wayside, this is the ground that becomes hard and packed down because the constant traffic along the edges of the field. Busyness, hurry, sometimes simple responsibilities in life will cause this ground to, to not bear fruit. And before the seed ever really has the opportunity to take root, the birds have come by and devoured the seed. Guard carefully against the busyness that robs your God and your family. I'm going to say it again. Guard carefully against the busyness that robs your God and your family. Now that thorny ground, this is the ground that comes about by trapping of materialism, pursuit of money, and of niceties of life, and expense of your, of your God and your family. Do not labor to be rich, but rather labor to be saved. Hallelujah. The latest things of this life are the things that cannot be touched by rust or robbers or moths. There is a huge deficitfulness uh, in, in pursuit of riches, especially at the expense of your family. Are you listening? Now that stony ground, this is the ground that is accompanied by certain hardness of heart. A hardness of heart. The stony ground is marked by apathy. Give us men that can cry. Tears are not a sign of weakness, but rather of strength. Hallelujah. Now I want to talk about weeding. It seems if uh, it seems if it was only yesterday, but it was well over 60 years ago, I was in a car with my granddaddy and my brother and my cousin Danae, and we had gone down to the road to a little country store in Wickenburg. I remember it, it, it being incredibly hot that day. I was walking into the little store barefooted. Uh, boy, I had soles. <laughs> it, it seemed as if even now I can still feel that smooth, cold, painted concrete floor under my bare feet. <laughs> it was truly a country store. It had benches outside and a tin roof and small covered awning out front. And it had one or two gas pumps, and it probably had an old dog laid outside there somewhere. And we all went in with my granddaddy, and, and my brother and I went over to the Coca-Cola cooler that you had to reach down into and get a drink out of it. And they were so cold that when you opened the bottle with a bottle opener on the edge of the cooler, ice would form. I don't know how many of you can remember those old Coca-Cola uh, dispensers. I recall that on that day, I pulled one of those orange uh, drinks and, and that back, 
then would be called something like an orange crush or something like that. And before the orange drink would make everything just right for, for a little 12-year-old. And Danae and I wandered uh, around the store, and it, it wasn't long before I remembered very well my granddaddy joining in the conversation with my uncle, who framed it, it seemed like half of a country around Wickenburg. He farmed all that country. And he and my granddaddy were, were talking to another man, uh, whom to this day I still don't know who he was. And they were in a conversation about mixing some sort of herbicide that were talking about how to get concentration just right. And they talked about how many gallons of poison and mixed up several gallons, 100 gallons of water. And I did not really know what they were talking about as far as the type of chemicals they were using. But I did understand that you could take a tractor and run through those alfalfa field and spray this poison and it would kill the weeds and not harm the crops. Now, farmers understand how crucial it is to make sure that the weeds do not corrupt the, the, and stifle uh, alfalfa. And the farmer understands that there is a great power that comes from the soil. The soil will grow something if it is simply left alone when the field will be overtaken with weeds and thorns. Remember, the Garden of Eden was beautiful, but when they were cast out, they were in weeds and thorns. But the man who is diligent with the land that has entrusted to its care will work with near desperation in his spirit as, the, as, as, as he farms the land. His loyalties lie with the land, and he realized that there is something that can come out of the ground if he will weed the, the ground. And the, the soil is what will keep a ranch going. If I have horses to feed, I've got to, I've got to tend the soil to feed all the cattle and all the horses. There are times that it appears that the weeds will outgrow what has been planted on a ratio of 10 to 1. And if you ranch, you're listening to what I'm saying. Things that don't bear fruit will generally rage in a field, and the fruit bearing appears to always be on the trend of, of slow growth. And our hearts are so much like the tract of ground. There will either be flowers or weeds, fruit or thorns will come up. That's why these scriptures from Proverbs mean so much to every man here today. Proverbs 4.23, now listen. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 22.5, thorns and snares are in the way of, of, of forward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. No farmer will ever remove the weeds from his field merely with good intentions, nor will the, the job be completed if he only listens to the to other farmers who are in the community, he has to actively take part in the labor of his field. These are the times that the spirit may, for some reason or another, find withdrawal in life. It is that point that we learn how to irrigate and bring water to the fields artificially. Dry days and dry nights definitely call for our actions to go beyond the ordinary. When you feel a burden to fast, for your children, you are irrigating the crops for tomorrow. Am I talking about a field here? When you begin to, to, to dig deep in the word of God, you are irrigating for tomorrow. 
when you seek wise counsel before making decisions that will affect you and your family, you are irrigating for tomorrow. There is a whole lot that goes into a harvest of a child and a family. The farmer watches over his crops daily. He is very intent and in watching for any sort of fungus or, or, or broken down fence or, or an area that needs more irrigation. Are you listening to me, dads? I can remember as a child getting uh, into the family ranch and, and, and going over to the truck. I was driving, I was driving a Model A pickup truck when I was eight with my granddaddy, and he would, he'd slide over the passenger side, well, why aren't you driving? And we would ride for miles and miles. And they were traveling along 25 or 30 miles an hour with the window down and wind blowing through the cab of this truck, just looking at crops. Not much was said. I was scared to death. But I'm sure that my granddaddy was, was making mental notes about his crops and how healthy and unhealthy they looked. And he would know if there was some adjustment that needed to be made. There are seven dis, uh, distinct laws of the harvest, which is a whole sermon itself. There we reap the same kind as we plant. We reap much more than we have planted. We reap in a different season than when we planted, and we reap only if we preserve. Are you listening? We reap much that we did not plant. We cannot do anything about last year's harvest. This is what is saying. Come on, men. We have harvest in our lives, in our families, in our churches, in our world. We must see this thing through until the end. There is an incredible acceleration that comes from the spiritual harvest. It means that our prayers have been answered. It means that we can do the house of banqueting. It means that our days in the field have been well warranted. It, it means that God has found our lives useful for his purpose. It means that we have conquered the thorns of temptation. We have finished our course. We have defeated the frost of doubt. We have overcome the slob of depression. We have um, humbling experience of threshing has brought out good fruit. We've made it. It has come to kill fatted calf because the prodigal has come home. I'm staying in the field. A few years ago, I read a letter that was sent out by Focus on the Family, James Dobson. The following story was a letter from Dr. Dobson. It goes like this. Finally, I went to share a personal story about John Quartz. He said when he was 16 years of age, he and his younger cousins went to visit the grandfather's farm. They couldn't wait to get out there. But the grandfather was reluctant to let them go out into the fields of, of wheat. And they went, they whined and begged until finally he said, all right. And he said to young John, you're the eldest. You can take the kids and go into the field if you promise not to bring them back early. You must keep them out there until the end of the day. John said, I will do that, grandfather. So they all got into the hay wagon and the tractor pulled them out into the field. Very quickly, the kids got tired and they started complaining. It was hot and it was sticky. They were miserable. They began asking to go back to the house, but, but John said, nope. Grandfather said, you got to stay out here to the end of the day. At lunchtime, they were exhausted. Most of them were agitated. 
It's very hot. They, they had hay down their backs. It was itchy. They wanted to go back, but John said, nope. Grandfather said, you got to stay out here. At three o'clock in the afternoon, a big black storm cloud came over and the kids were, got scared. Some began to cry and please, please, they begged, let us go home. Still, the answer was no. At about five o'clock, John said, all right, it's time to go quit. He got them all in the hay wagon and they went back to the house. After they came, had their baths and been given some to eat, they rested for a while. And grandfather praised them warmly for the work that they had done. Then they came very proud of themselves. Then when grandfather told John why he wanted them to stay in the field, he said, this farm has been successful through the years for one reason. We have stayed in the field when we felt like coming in. We did what we needed to do and we wanted to quit. Yet we stayed in the field. I wanted the kids to have the satisfying experience of staying with something through the day. In Second Timothy Chapter 4, verse 6 and 8. For I am now ready to be offered at the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day, and not me alone, not me only, but unto all them that his love is appearing. And I don't know about you, but I am saying, staying in the field. Gospel of Faith Church is a spirit-filled beacon of light for those lost souls who are out there looking for a way back to Christ. We are and always have been a spirit-filled Bible-believing church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone said that God had left Gospel of Faith Church. Well, maybe that is true, but I want you to know that I have returned to Gospel of Faith Church so that one day I can say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And now, not to me only, I pray that you will stay with me at Gospel of Faith Church and help me finish the fight till his love and his appearing comes again. My friends, I pray that we will together put Gospel of Faith back to the where it was upon that day that we started this church way back in 1980. 89. God bless you. May his face shine upon you until he brings us back once again. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Davenport. Hope you enjoyed the message today. Um, just wanted to give a short announcement here. If you'd like to financially help support us to keep us on the air, uh, we could sure use your help. Um, the expenses are, are uh, kind of high there. Um, if you want to send us a, in a check, uh, the, Judy's out today. That's why I'm making the announcement. Uh, the address is P.O. Box 11042 at Fort Mojave, Arizona, Fort Mojave, Arizona, 86427. Uh, if you'd like to uh, go on to the website, uh, you should be on the website anyway, listening. Uh, if you're on Spotify or something like that, you may not get the uh, get, get to be able to do it. If you go to www.spiritualawareness, all one word, spiritualawareness.net, uh, we've got a PayPal place there. You do not have to join PayPal. You can just uh, put on donate now. Do not push save, then you won't need to join PayPal. Do not push save, just put donate now, and you can donate uh, there uh, for that. And that will get to us. Um, 
We are connected with Gospel of Faith Church through a trade name, and therefore uh, it is tax deductible. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, we are fully tax deductible as a 501c3 uh, Arizona nonprofit. So um, we are, like I say, we are having a little difficulty right now. Uh, donations are down, so I, I do have production costs. Um, so we're having a little problems with that. Uh, getting the support we need to stay on the air. We are worldwide broadcast with Spotify, Apple, and all the other places that have picked us up. It is worldwide, and uh, so it does. We we have costs with it. It's not just a regular podcast. So uh, I'm praying that that uh, you'll reach out if you're enjoying it. Please, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot. You can make a five dollar donation, a ten dollar donation, twenty dollar, whatever you know, whatever you feel that that you can. If you're a regular or shut in, and uh, you know, you can you can pay your tithe. Uh, if you don't go to church, uh, obviously, when we go to church, we pass the offering train, and people uh, donate. Uh, when you do pay your tithing or or you donate on a regular basis, I do send out T-shirts to show my appreciation. Uh, we embroidery T-shirts, and uh, we we do have several to, to choose from now. Uh, I'm going to try to get some pictures of them and then uh, try to put those on the website. Um, so. Uh, you can, you know, maybe make a choice of which ones you'd like to have. So uh, with that, uh, I'm going to close with prayer. Um, and uh, I, I do hope you enjoyed this Father's Day presentation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask that you would uh, continue to bless the broadcast, Lord God, and, and our prayer warriors and our prayer partners that go out and pray every every day at 11 o'clock worldwide, Lord God. And we just pray for the lost, the salvation of the lost, Lord God, that you would just lift them up and, and that they would they would come with us and, and say that 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 sinner's prayer and, and, and find Jesus Christ, Lord God, especially in these times when people are out protesting. And I heard a, a, a newscast where someone was an innocent person was just standing over on the side of the road and got shot and killed, Lord. These are in times, Lord. We don't know. We don't know if we have tomorrow, Lord. So we need to find Jesus. We need to accept Jesus. We need to get baptized for the remission of our sins and and know that know that we're going to spend eternity with you, Lord God. We never know where we're going to spend eternity until we find Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Be with all that we love and keep them safe, Lord God. Bless the church and and bless all that that that, that are around, Father, that that needs Jesus, Father. We lift them up. We pray for our shut-ins. We pray for all the, the, the church that are over there cleaning up today, Father. Just bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We love you all. God bless you. And, uh, and, and reach out in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>